I'm so thankful for all that the Lord is doing in our lives, and I'm thankful for the growth that He is preparing in us. You know, one of the things that we shouted about on Wednesday, I just want us to shout about it again because being thankful is something that uh, we, we want to continually cultivate. We were looking at the Ezra, I'm sorry, the Project 2414, which is our television ministry. And this past week when I had been in Kansas, I had been doing, uh, had planned to do some filming for some broadcasts coming up. And we found after we got everything hooked up and we were getting ready to, to film the episodes, we began to have a glitch in some of the equipment and we were tra trading out cords and trying to find out what is causing this and I thought well it's not going to do any good to record anything because it's not going to be quality to be able to use so um, we had to kind of stop our filming and look at what we needed to upgrade and finally realize that the equipment even though it's only seven years old six or seven years old it's um, it, it outdates quickly <laughs> And so we realized, okay, we've got to update all this equipment, um, like a recording deck and uh, this uh, box that, that converts the fiber to the signal and different things. So uh, we're looking at it. I said, well, give me the price that is not cutting corners price. That's not just piecing together the broken things, but upgrading it so it'll all work together because we are going to be filming some things with Sister Annette this coming year. We've got opportunities, uh, you know, to film uh, different things uh, that there's a possibility for some Spanish broadcasting to increase in that area. And so we're looking at, at the... The equipment, I said, give me the price without the cutting corners. And so he called me back and he gave me that price. And I said, well, we're just going to agree because God said this is the year of the open hand. And so we're just going to go to God. And we agreed in the name of Jesus. We called that into our, our ministry. And I called pastor and he agreed. And so we just set our face to, okay, we're going to figure out how to, we're going to just figure out to, to do the quality upgrade and the next morning I was driving back and I got a phone call and um, I was talking with this person and they were saying how the television ministry was such a blessing and I said yeah we were up filming and we're getting ready to do some upgrades and the person said well I'm glad I'm called because the Lord's been dealing with me to do something and so the $12,000 upgrade they said put me down for 10,000 of that so glory to God and within 24 hours the Lord had supplied the need so that we can upgrade and and get the quality to move forward with what he has for us and not have to put it off so I praise God today. Lord, I thank you and I pray your blessing upon those who have sown into this Project 2414 that there would be exceeding abundantly above all in their own lives and their families as the Word is being sown into the preaching of the Word and the distribution of the Word. Lord, we thank you and Lord, I pray your blessing upon all those who participate in this project. In Jesus' name. 
Praise God. We are um, under an assignment of the Lord. Back October of uh, October 9th of this pa- of this year, the Lord spoke to me specifically, and He said, "We are entering a season that will require the walk of faith. We are entering a season that will require the walk of faith." And then He made this statement: "Another depth of skill in walking in the Spirit." We are born of the Spirit. We are children of the light. We need to walk in the Spirit. We need to walk in the light. And it is possible to live your life every day walking in the Spirit. It is possible to live your life every day walking in love, developed in the obedience to God, the humility, the different things that He specified in this instruction to me are things that will help us gain skill in walking in the Spirit. And the first thing he said to me was, know the leading with a certainty. Know the leading of the Lord with a certainty. In other words, we need to be so in tune and so familiar with the way the Lord speaks to us that we don't have to wait for days to try to evaluate, was that God speaking to me? Was that really you? We don't have to have different... Things happen to prove to us it was God because we become so skilled in the inner witness. The inner witness is the the way, the testimony that He testifies to our spirit. That's the way God wants to deal with us because the enemy can't manipulate it. He can't duplicate it. He can't interfere with it. If you become so developed in hearing from God, you will not be in a place where the enemy is going to be able to um, interfere with, with what God is speaking to you. So he said, know the leading with the certainty. Number two, he said, practice obedience. And of course, by default, that means don't be disobedient. But there is a different aspect that comes to my mind when I think about practicing obedience. Because there have been times that God has spoken things to me and it took me a while before I, I got around to it. You know, yeah, the Lord's been dealing with me about that. And then uh, two months later, I would tell somebody, yeah. You know, it's like it, they would say something that made me remit. The Lord's been dealing with me about that. And he's like, mm-hmm, two months ago. Yeah, right? And then, you know, a year down the road, yeah, the Lord dealt with me, I should do that. And so that is one of the main things that came into my heart when he said practice obedience. I began to see that when God says something to me, I need to go do it. And I'll have to tell you, I, I was in a place when God spoke to me to be bilingual. He showed me those hands. You know, here's the church, here's the steeple. Open it up and here's all the people. He, he used that as an illustration. He said, be bilingual in your ministry. And it was these two hands like this. Be bilingual in your ministry. I went right away. I didn't put that off. I, I, I think maybe I put it off for just maybe a couple of months and it, it was so insistent. Be bilingual in your ministry. It's like you don't have time to waste. And so I, I went right away to the local community college there in, in Kansas, Johnson County Community College, and I just took elementary. 
And then I went back and took elementary two. And then I went back and took elementary two. And I think I took elementary two three times because that's where the past tense verbs were. <laughs> that's where the past tense verbs were. So I took it multiple times. And then I was taking, at one point I was taking elementary and then I'd go over, I'd have an hour break and then I'd go over and take conversational. And so I just began really being obedient in that. And I was just saturating to try to learn to speak it. And it was immediate how God began to use even the very first broadcast that I did in Spanish. Nobody in the VTN studio, I was still had Dan McMaravich being my, my producer, and he's like, we'll do it. None of us know what you're saying. But, but when we point at you, you change cameras. I said, okay, I can do it. If you're brave, I'm brave, we'll do it. And I didn't know what I was saying half the time. And uh, there would be times that I would get stuck in the middle of a, of a sentence and I didn't know which verb to use because it was past, I was still needing more past tense victory, right? And so I would use both of them. I, I would conjugate both, or Sarah and a star. I would conjugate either one. I said, you choose. I don't know if I should use Sarah or a star, which are their two being verbs. I don't know. I said, so este or era, I don't know. You choose. And so we would get phone calls. People would watch the television broadcast and say, when she gets stuck in a sentence, I am on the couch helping you. I'm on the couch helping you finish your sentence. And then one person wrote in and said, even when you get messed up, I know what you're trying to say. But God began to use that uh, immediately. And if I had put it off any further, I would not be ready for what God's getting ready to do with the Hispanic ministry. We, we have been, through the grace of God, able to begin doing some, uh, some translating. We've been able to get all of Pastor Caldwell's books translated into Spanish. We've been, we just finished a translation, glory to God, for Rick Renner. Hallelujah! To take this word of faith and get it into Spanish is, is something we're, we're going to see. But it took the obedience. It took the obedience then. I didn't do all that translating myself. Glory to God. Sister Irma is a, a major part of that. And Sister Denise Meehan still helps us as well. And so we, we, but with that obedience, God was able to open doors and not only bless our ministry, but bless the ministry of these other people whose revelation needs to be in the Spanish language. But I had to start with the obedience right away. If I had not started then, if I had put it off and put it off and put it off because I was still busy. I was still busy with, with our responsibilities in the church and responsibilities with the English television broadcast. If I had put it off because of busy, I would not be prepared for what God's getting ready to do. And it's, it's big. And so glory to God. This is um, an area that we need to practice. Practice obedience. When God speaks to you to do something, just do it. Right away, just put it into practice. Begin to say, okay, I'm going to pick that up and do it. Then another thing he told us was develop humility and the love walk. And he said they're connected. Develop humility and the love walk. Uh, the fruit of the Spirit is vital. That's what the Lord said. The fruit of the Spirit is vital. 
And then finally, the trust in God, his ways, and his word are safeguards. And so trusting in God is something that has to be developed as well. Trusting in God, his ways, and his word, all of those are safeguards. And the Lord gave me Joshua chapter 3 verse 4 as the scripture, and he said uh, that this is why we need to have this depth of skill in walking in the spirit. And in this chapter, Joshua is leading the people out of the wilderness and into the promised land, and they're about to cross over the river, and he says, the, the Lord told him, let the, let the Ark of the Covenant, which represents the presence of God, let it go out in front. And then you keep it, keep a distance so that you can see it. And that's what he says here. Yet there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Come not near unto it, so that you may know the way by which you must go, for you have not passed this way before. So for us to know the way that we need to go, we're entering a season that will require us to walk with a close proximity in the Spirit to the leading of God, and we will know the way to go because we're going to prepare ourselves with these truths. And one of the things we've already talked about was the leading of the Lord. And pastor is still on dealing with the walk of faith. And oh my goodness, how much revelation we've been getting out of that. So he and I both have picked up this assignment and began to minister through this instruction that the Lord has given us. And I'm, I'm ready for us to talk about humility today. Because he said we need to develop humility. So no matter what level of humility you may be at today, you can grow and develop greater skill in the humility of God. But I found through my walk with God that the definition I had of humility is different than the definition the Bible has about humility. Because I had a definition based on what I had experienced in society, in the world. And the society we live in portrays humility as weak and nerdy. They, they put humility in a category that is people are being made fun of and even make humility as I'm just a doormat and you can walk all over me and you can treat me like dirt and you can treat me however. And there are some times that when a person is walking in humility from the outside, it might appear that way, but that's not truly what's happening in that person's life because humility is the essence of our redemption. Humility is the character trait of Jesus Christ who in his humility left heaven, left his omnipotence, left his omnipresence, left his omniscience. He said, I do not consider my equality with God to be something that will, that will hinder me from becoming, I don't, I'm not going to hold on to this, this God qualities 
to the extreme that I have to hinder myself from being able to reach mankind, I'm willing to humble myself and come in the form and the fashion of a man. Is that what Philippians 2 says? Can we look at Philippians 2? Let's see the humility of Jesus Christ in our redemption. Philippians chapter 2 will begin in verse 5. And pull me the Amplified. I'm going to use the Amplified a lot in this teaching uh, because it will emphasize some important points from the original language. Philippians 2.5, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. The Amplified says, Let this same attitude and purpose and humble mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus, Let him be your example in humility. Let him be your example. So we don't want the example that the sitcoms give. We don't want the example that the world provides. We don't want the example from from man's idea. We want the example of humility that Jesus lived for us that he demonstrated for us. And so that's what precedes the next verses. The next verse says, who being in the form of God, now we're seeing the humility, the example of humility, being in the form of God, he did not think it stealing from him for him to step down and become a man. King James kind of brings this a little bit, being in the thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Show me the Amplified. Who being essentially one with God and in the form of God, possessing the fullness of the attributes which make God God, did not think this equality with God was a thing to be retained. Did not think this equality with God. In other words, this is what Jesus, his attitude. I am willing to set aside what I need to set aside so that I can legally redeem mankind. I cannot legally redeem mankind if I bring all of my God attributes with me to the earth. For me to legally redeem mankind, I have to become a man. I have to legally be born into the earth as a man to qualify as a kinsman redeemer. So I do not think it beneath me. I do not look and say, a man? What? A man? You want me to be what? A man? Ooh, Father, why do I have to be a man? No, no, he's like, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 2, it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren. It it was pleasing to him. He said, I'm glad to do it. I'm glad to become your brother. I'm glad to be your brother. I'm glad to be your brother. I will come and become your brother, legal brother. It behooved him to be made like unto his brethren. He came as a man, but it required humility for him to set aside everything he possessed as the second person of the Godhead. The Word made flesh. When he came into the flesh... It was humility that brought him into that body. It was humility that he obeyed God to the point of death. That's what the next verse says. 
being made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself. He humbled himself. He humbled himself. God could not do that for him. God did not make him do it. He humbled him. Can you imagine the life giver, the word? We're born again by the word. The life giver had to die. Do you imagine the humility that it required for the one who is the source of all life? In the beginning was the Word. The Word was God. The Word was with God. Can you imagine what it took for him to humble himself, to be willing to die? He humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Let me go ahead to the Amplified. After he had appeared, oh, go ahead back to seven. I didn't get seven. He stripped himself of all privileges and he did it himself. God didn't do it. Jesus did it himself. He stripped himself of all privileges and rightful dignity. That's humility. So as to assume the guise of a servant, a slave, in that he became like men and was born a human being. And after he had appeared in human form, he abased and humbled himself still further. So we, we're seeing degrees or steps or a continuous progression of humility even further and carried his obedience to the extreme of death, even the death of the cross. Verse 9, therefore, therefore, why? Because he humbled himself, therefore, there, because he stooped so low, therefore God has highly exalted him and freely bestowed on him the name that is above every name. So the Bible definition of humility, Strong's Concordance, gives us the definition as low, lowliness, to bow or go low. Low, lowliness, to bow or go low. That's what verse 9 says. Because he stooped so low. He stooped so low. He humbled himself. He, he, he stripped himself of his rightful dignity. He humbled himself and said, I'll die the death necessary to redeem them. So our redemption, the roots of it, the roots of our, the essence of our redemption is humility. It was through his humility that we're redeemed. Hallelujah. So this is strength, not weakness. Humility is strength, not weakness. The definition for pride, the definition for pride is high-mindedness, haughty or lifted up. Polar opposites, low, go low, bow low, lowliness versus high-mindedness, haughty, or lifted up. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11, verse 29, and again the Amplified if I could please, Matthew eleven twenty-nine. 29. Do I have any disciples of Christ in the room? Are you a disciple of Jesus Christ? 
I'm a disciple. Are you a disciple? And that means we're disciplined, right? We're learning. He's teaching us and we're learning what he's teaching. Well, this is what he said. He wants his disciples to know if you don't get anything else out of Jesus' class, if you don't get anything else out of, from the teacher, this is what he emphasized that you ought to get from him. He said, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am gentle, meek, and humble, lowly in heart, and you will find rest, relief, and ease, and refreshment, and recreation, and blessed quiet for your souls. You'll find it when? When you learn this, when you learn this to the point that you're walking in it, when you learn about my meekness and develop that meekness, you will receive rest and refreshment and blessed quiet for your souls. Hallelujah. So we're going to learn about it today. Amen. Now, again, our redemption is rooted or, or uh, established in the humility of Jesus Christ. And because of that, we have His humility available to us. You have access to the humility of the Lord Jesus Christ because the life is in the blood. The life is in the blood. You're washed in that blood. And you can rely on that blood and you can call on that blood. You can apply that blood and you can say, Lord, I need to be more meek in my marriage. I need to be more humble in my marriage. Help me, Lord. I apply the blood over this area of my life, over this relationship in my life. And begin to put your faith in that which is available to us because we're in Christ. So His character is available to us hallelujah we the the so the essence of it is available in our redemption but the mindset of that humility begins by putting God in his rightful place look at Psalm 100 Psalm 100 Psalm 100 is such an important psalm for worshiping, for rejoicing, for praise. But in the middle of this verse, verse 3, we find the basis of our praise, of our worship. What really positions us in worship is verse 3. Know ye that the Lord, He is God. That's humility. It takes humility to recognize God is my creator. Everything about me, he knows it better than I know myself. He created me before I was even formed in my mother's womb. God had the details and the plans and the purpose of my life already picked out and planned out. He, his thoughts toward me even before my, my, my wrist bone was connected to my hand bone. The, the, he, even before I was knit together in my mother's womb, God knew all about me. So is there anything he can't tell me about myself? 
Is there anything I know about me that he don't know? Nothing. Why? He is my creator. It is the Lord who has made me. He made me. That's, I mean, when you, when you become skilled in the fact that he made me, that takes away all pride. What are you going to stand up and tell God? <laughs> right? He made me. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Hallelujah. That is the attitude of humility. God is my creator. Now, Revelation 4.10. Revelation 4.10 also identifies our purpose in being created. The four and twenty elders fall down before him that sat on the throne and worship him that lives forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne saying, You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For you have created all things. You see the humility right there? Humility is, is, is recognition of who He is. What He's done. He has created all things. This planet, He created it. This air I'm breathing, He created it. This, this body, I didn't buy my body. I didn't purchase it. I can't take any credit for it. He created me and He created everything I have. He has he, he, all things. He created all things and for His pleasure they are and were created. Hallelujah. For His pleasure. So this is, this is the essence of humility. We are God dependent. We are God dependent. Without Him, we'd float off the face of this planet. If it wasn't for the Lord who thought enough about us to put the law of gravity in action, where would we be? Right? We are God dependent. So the, the definition I want to bring to you of humility as we see this is an entire dependence upon God. Humility is being entirely dependent upon God. And if I'm dependent upon Him, I'm not going to give Him attitude. If I'm dependent upon Him, I'm not going to get hard-hearted against Him. I'm not going to blame Him. I'm not going to give Him the wrong attitude of disrespect. Why? I, I need Him. I need Him too much. I need Him. For the, I, I, I need His light on my path. I need His wisdom to help me know what to do because in myself, I've tried to make decisions without Him and it was not pretty. It was not pretty. I need the Lord. And that is humility. Hallelujah. So we are God dependent. Hallelujah. Our entire dependence is on God because our life must be maintained and supplied every moment by Him. Can you do anything to make your heart beat? No. I'm dependent on God. I am dependent on God. And that is the, the essence of the attitude of humility. 
That, that will keep you in the right place so that you don't get haughty. Remember, pride is the polar opposite. We don't want to be haughty, high-minded, think too much of ourselves, think the wrong thing of ourselves. We want to keep in mind, listen, if it wasn't for the Lord, where would I be? My life was nothing until he set me free. You see the humility? It's him. You should have seen my life without God. It is, the, it is the Lord. I'm dependent upon God. So this entire dependence upon God, this is the attitude that we're developing. He told us to develop that. Develop ourselves in this attitude. How much we need Him. How much we depend on Him. How much He really does for us. He does more for us than sometimes. It's easy to get into just a routine and just go along and say, oh, praise the Lord, that's nice, praise the Lord, that's nice, and not really give an accurate thank you for the things that we really do have. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So that's what humility is what we're, that's the, the humility we're developing, to recognize how much God really does for me. So... The first thing I want us to do in, in this teaching, in this lesson, I'm gonna, I believe I can accomplish this in the time that we have left today, is to look at humility in the life of Jesus by looking at things He said out of His own mouth that demonstrate humility, that reveal humility. That is, Jesus said them, they're good for us. Or he that serves is so. In his own words, Jesus said, "Who serves?" They were, they were wanting to make them feel important, and Jesus how to be a servant. But he was here to serve God. To like like a badge of honor. I'm a tither. No, I get to tithe. If, it, if he hadn't showed me, I wasn't doing it till he showed me in the Word. Without his light, I kept, the, I kept God's money in my pocket too long till the light came. And then I saw I was hurting myself. So thank you, Lord, for showing me about tithing. Thank you, Lord, for how you've brought me. Do you remember Brother Keith Moore? He said that, he, he had just got a, a nicer car and he said, I pulled up and some of the people that worked on his staff there at Ramah, they met him at the door and the, the one member of the staff, he said, oh, Brother Keith, look at your car. What did you do to get that car? He said, I believe God for that car. And he said, something just didn't sit right. And he said, I went into my office and I was getting ready to teach and I said, Lord, why do I feel funny about what I said? What, did I say something wrong? And the Lord said, well, just re remember, what did you say? I believe God. And he said, well, Lord, but I, I believe. He said, who gave you the faith to believe for that car? Who taught you the scripture about sowing and reaping? Yeah. Who, and he said, did you get, did you get down and, and almost give up on believing for that car? He said, yeah, Lord, I did. 
And he said, did I send people across your path and sermons across your path that picked you up and, and encouraged you? Yes, Lord, you did. And he said, and not only that, he said, but that man walked away with your faith in his mind and he is farther away from receiving for himself than ever because there was nothing about me being glorified in it. And it wasn't the Lord helped me. The Lord showed me. The Lord did that for me. God was good to me. God helped me do it. God showed me how to sow and reap. God showed me how to stand in faith. God showed me. God didn't get any of the glory. That's what this Pharisee was saying. I tithe. And I, I, that's a good thing. But not for pride. Not to become proudful. But I'm in faith. Well, that's not for me to exalt myself with because it's not, that faith came from God's word. I didn't buy it. I didn't build it. You know what I'm saying? I found it right here in the same book you got. And I put it in my heart and, and faith came. So I can't take credit for the faith I have because it's all his word that produced it. I didn't do it without him. Do you see that? And so whenever we are developing humility, we recognize I need to point out what God did more than I'm pointing out what I did. I need to show people steps that they can do the same thing and they can apply the word the same way and not just make it look like, look how great I am. Hallelujah. So Jesus says, this Pharisee, he went down to his house, he said, but then the publican stood up. The publican said, Lord, be merciful to me. It was, he was just dependent upon the mercy. Lord, I need you. It's that entire dependence upon God. Be merciful to me. Help me, Lord. I'm trusting in you, Lord. Do you see the difference? And Jesus said... This man went down to his house justified rather than the other, obedient unto death. And because he stooped so low, because he humbled himself, God has highly exalted him and given him a name that is above every name. So it says, he that humbles himself shall be exalted. And I want you to know, family, God wants to exalt every one of us. He wants to exalt every one of us, but we have to qualify for the exaltation because it's dangerous for a, a, a person with pride to be exalted. God loves us enough not to exalt when pride is the operating force. Amen. Amen. Why? Because it would hurt more than help. So Jesus is telling us, the exaltation of God. We want God's exaltation. We want God to exalt us His way, His time, what He wants to do. Why? Because when, when we are humble and He exalts us, we're going to give Him the glory. Amen. We're not going to turn it back on ourselves and say, look what Michelle has done. No, we're going to say, look what the Lord has done, right? We're, and then he can exalt us and we'll be pointing people the right way. We'll be pointing them to the one who will exalt them too when they humble themselves. So humbling ourselves is a good thing. Humbling ourselves is something that God 
uh, he honors it. God wants us to humble ourselves because then he can exalt us. Hallelujah. So Jesus taught us, he that humbles himself shall be exalted. Now let's look at John 5 and verse 19. John 5. I will tell you, the first time I really read this verse, I thought, what? I, it, it really unraveled some of the wrong thinking I had about Jesus. When I read this verse, John 5, verse 19, Then answered Jesus and said unto them, Verily, verily, now he mean, when he says verily, verily, he is serious. I'm about to say something so serious. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the Son can do nothing of Himself. The Son, Jesus, I can do nothing. He said, the Son can do nothing of Himself. But what He sees the Father do, for what thing soever He, the Father, does, these also does the Son likewise. He said, on my own, I can do nothing. On my own, I can do nothing. You see, it, is, it, it unraveled what I thought about Jesus. Because I thought, you know, Jesus is here all by himself the power package, all by himself, the, the, the wind tamer, the wave tamer, all by himself, the blind man healer, all by himself. And he said, no, 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 I'm entirely dependent on my father. I don't do anything by myself. I am not the kind of soldier who is sent out on a mission and becomes of my own mindset. I am following the assignment given to me by my commander. I am following the assignment that was delegated to me by my father. Of my own self, I can do nothing. I depend on God for my actions, for my behavior, what I'm supposed to do, how I'm supposed to do it. I go to him and I get my marching orders. Hallelujah. Entirely dependent upon God. Same chapter, he says it again, verse 30. He said again, I can of my own self, of my own self, do nothing. Nothing. Jesus never took credit for one miracle. He never took credit for one sermon. He never took credit for one healing. I can of my own self do nothing. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just because I seek not my own will, but the will of the Father which hath sent me. So the humility is the dependence upon God and the commitment to God's will. The commitment to the one who sent me. So I am dependent upon Him 
and committed to Him. I'm dependent upon Him for the power supply. I'm dependent upon Him for the direction. Everything I do, He showed me to do it. Everything I do, He empowered me to do it. Who anointed Jesus? God the Father anointed Jesus. God said, I'm going to go ask the Father, pray the Father, and He'll anoint you. But see, He still had to go through the right chain of command. He still had to go ask the Father... And he said, he'll anoint you. And then he said to us in John 15, you can do nothing of yourself either. I'm the vine, you're the branches. Amen. You can't do anything by yourself either. You've got to be dependent upon me and I'm dependent upon the Father. So we've got this chain of dependency here that all links to the Father God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's the humility. I can of my own self do nothing. If, if there is always that understanding that when I lay hands on the sick and they recover, it was God, then you won't be afraid to lay hands on the sick because it's not you anyway. Right? It's not you. It's not your hand. Your hand isn't, isn't uh, uh, by itself and in, its, in and of itself endued with power it's endued with power because of your submission to Jesus Christ and to go into all the world and to preach and these signs shall follow them that believe so do you see it's the humility that causes the power to flow if a person becomes prideful and thinks it's my prayer and it's my hand and it's my it's my great faith then God is hindered from using that vessel because they're going to pull the glory to themselves and seek the position and the power that should be turned towards God. Hallelujah. I can of my own self do nothing. I seek not my own will. John 6, 38. John 6, 38. For I came down from heaven not to do my own will but the will of Him that sent me. Hallelujah. I have come not to do my own will. Hallelujah. Was that a temptation? Did He in the garden resist that temptation to the point of drops of blood in His sweat? He resisted the temptation to do his own will. Do you see him saying it before he ever got to the garden? Let's just go ahead and establish it. I'm not here to do my will. Just say it with me. Let's see how it feels. I'm not here to do my will. I'm here to do God's will. Hallelujah. Now listen, God's will is good. God's will is, is prospering. God's will is a long life. God's will is that your family be blessed, that your, you be blessed, that your health be blessed, your finances be blessed. The will of God's good. But that temptation to do our own will is, is an area that humility will resolve. The temptation to do our own will is an area that humility will resolve that. Humility will inoculate you against that temptation. When that temptation comes, you can do... Jesus had been saying this 
you'll find it many times in his sayings. This is just one example. But he said often, I've not come to do my will. My meat is to do the will of my Father who sent me. My meat is to do the, what I'm living for is to do the will of my Father who sent me. What really gives me energy is to do the will of my Father who sent me. He said it a lot. So when the temptation came and he was at that point of having to choose his will over the will of the Father that required him to become obedient unto death, he had to submit himself to die was already conditioned his spirit, I'm here to do the will of God. I'm not here to do my will. I'm here to do the will of God. It'll get you up on the morning that you feel like calling in and saying, I can't be a greeter this morning. You'll say, wait, 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 wait. I'm here to do the will of God. I'll be there. Right? Right? I'm here to do the will of God. I'm here to do the will of God. I'm just picked greeters out of there. It might have been whatever department you might be in. Whatever area, you know, you do know that serving God is one of the greatest privileges that we get Amen. to do His will. What a, a privilege that we have. Amen? So He said this often. Now in chapter 7, verse 16, chap, chapter 7, verse 16, Jesus answered, answered them and said, My doctrine, my teaching, my sermon, it's not mine but His that sent me. I'm not preaching what I feel like preaching. I'm not teaching what I feel like teaching. I'm teaching what I've been sent to teach. I'm preaching what I've been sent to preach. So He didn't even take credit for His sermons. We say, ooh, look at the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus, that sermon. He's like, it wasn't mine. I heard it from my Father. Everything I preach, it's already been preached by the Father. He said it first. Can we take credit for a good sermon? It came from Him. It's His Word. We didn't come up with these words and come up with these great promises. They're His. Hallelujah. Jesus said, my doctrine is not mine. Chapter 8, verse 28. Hallelujah. Chapter 8, verse 28. Then said Jesus unto them, when... They have lifted up the Son of Man. Then shall you know that I am He, and that I do nothing of myself. I do nothing of myself. I'm entirely dependent on God. But as my Father has taught me, I speak these things. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What an example for us. Same chapter, verse 42. Jesus said unto them, If God were your father, you would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God. Neither came I of myself, but he sent me. I didn't come on my own accord. I didn't didn't come on my own whim. I came because he sent me. Hallelujah. That's humility. Submission to the will of God. Same chapter, verse 50. We're, we're seeing this picture and it's showing us the proper picture for humility. And it's coming from Jesus' own lips. Verse 50, your father Abraham, uh, I'm reading the wrong way. And I seek not, that was 56 and from here it, my contacts made it look like a 50. 50, I seek not my own will, my own glory. 
I seek not my own glory. There is one that seeks and judges. I seek not my own glory. Hallelujah. Whose glory was he seeking? The glory of you. I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwells in me, he does the works. Doing his father in Jesus. On Jesus a, we are decreasing, humbling ourselves part. Our part is the pointing people to Jesus part. Uh, if people say, oh, look what God's done in your marriage. And you say, let me show you what the Lord did. Look what God did in your finances. Let me show you how the Lord blessed me. Amen. We're pointing them back to him. Yeah. Amen. In verse, same and the who to see the father in me. That's why he said to Philip, have I been so long with you and you haven't seen my purpose here? <laughs> if you've seen me on God's plan, and it's the oh, you who did it. Pit has done or could be that we uh, the Father on our Lord Jesus Christ, that we are entirely dependent. Now we the Lord. Cover all. We went to the Lord we need to ask those things. Uh, I, it's a with own under understand looks like decent life. Humility. There's like, a, God said, God writings. And I'm purchased a respect. And that's where the love is for me to have not the emphasis. It's like prop of to, to make a different place. I ended up a circle girl if I picked up that had no words on his plea. Will Jesus said, lower or just to think, pray because the blue washed me. I am. So it's not a, de it's not a degrading of yourself. That doesn't honor God either. And the mighty hand of God. You never or ten out of the Lord. He definition of grace, God's willingness to use all of His reason. He makes all help the amplify. Hallelujah. On it, I'm me back to our humility to develop humility. Not that can the the plan good for us. If that's you, at the long odd ever will means to your hand right when as my say when Jesus today. Jesus. And use the china upon her pad in her dress and a moving full father. Thank you for holly. Thank you for us. In a greater prayer. So the 